It's really an awesome privilege to stand here and to minister God's word, to be used of God, to speak for Him. I don't take it for granted at all. Every opportunity to stand before God's people should be valued with everything that you've got. Amen. Amen. And uh, quite frankly, um, you know, you know when, you, when you stand here and stand in the stead of your pastor and your father, you know you are stepping into big shoes. And honestly, I don't, I don't take this privilege for granted. I like to thank the pastor for the privilege to share God's word and to minister to you. Um, the power of God is here. We can be assured of that. And we're going to be blessed this morning. Amen. Amen. Glory to his name. Oh, God, we'll come. This morning, I'm going to be sharing what I like to title The Art of Devotion. The Art of Devotion. And I'm going to do my best to share with us. Uh, what it means to cultivate a vibrant and intimate relationship with God. The art of devotion. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So join me in this ride as we proceed. There's clearly a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. You know, I just recall uh, the relationship that people have with their biological children. You know, you know there's, there's just something about, about being a parent, you know, that unveils the relationship we have with God more and more to you, honestly speaking. You know, I, I was just looking at uh, my little boy, and then when he was a lot younger, you know, there was a limited amount of communication with Kutu. But you know, the moment he began to grow up and he was able to vocalize, be able to say some things, and able to communicate his feelings, his thoughts, what he wants, it became, it made the relationship more enriching. Glory to God. When someone calls you and says, Daddy, do this, you know, he may say it in the way he understands how to say it, but it's an awesome thing. You don't just want to imagine what it is. It's an awesome thing knowing that, that you have someone who intricately is like you, saying what he wants to say, expressing his feelings, and you coming to terms with it and understanding it. Glory to God. Just picture yourself and God the Father. There's so much that is in the heart of God that is willing to communicate to you, but he's saying, can you just grow up and come up to the level where I can share things with you, where I can tell you some deep, intimate things, where I can bring you into an understanding of certain dimensions of my workings, of my power, of my glory and my grace that I want you to embrace and walk in. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, where God is looking at us and saying, can you just understand what I'm trying to say? You know, there are times even when I, I see that the guy, sometimes he wants to say some things, but because by my human limitations, I can't fully understand, you see a little bit of frustration. Uh, Daddy, can you just understand until later we now, I, I, now I'm able to say, okay, okay, this is what you mean when you're saying this or when you're doing this. 
just imagine that God is just trying hard to say, boy, girl, can't you see this? Can't you just understand this? And he's trying hard to let you see, to let you understand, and, and to get you to be, begin to embrace what he's trying to communicate to you more and more. Glory to his name. Glory to God. You know, and you see, this thing about building intimacy with God is not about, you know, in these our intimate moments with him. It's not about communicating to ourselves sweet nothings. You know, when people p- think about intimacy, you know, you know what, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, <laughs> let me say it like that. You know, how we say all those things. Uh, you have the apple in my eye, the sugar in my tea, you have the cockroach in my cupboard. <laughs> you know, all those, uh, which we call sweet nothings, you know, appear like what you say. But do you know that people who are truly intimate, they share deep things. I mean, a husband and a wife, you can imagine the kind of communication that goes on between them. They're talking about the children. How are we going to pay the school fees? How are we going to... This building project that we're trying to have, you know, what's the plan? Okay, where are we going to get the money and the resources? You, you talk depths. Glory to God. So, with intimacy comes depths. Depth of communication. Depth of conversations. Glory to his name. You know, and what I find interesting in the interactions and the relationship and the rapport that many people have with God the Father, you see that, unfortunately, there's a lot of superficiality about it. Glory to God. And even when someone says, I'm praising him, you know, and I, like I said, I was saying this in church in Okota, and I don't mean this to slight anybody or any group of people, but I just have to say the truth of God's word and say it. So when someone is saying, I want to worship God, and then you're just saying, my question is, what is bag bag bag? What is big big big? Big 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 about what? Bag bag bang bag about what? It's like you saying sweet nothings. You know? Yes, those things have their meanings. I don't want to say another one before I offend some people. <laughs> but, you know, you're just, it, we just want to say those high sounding things as though those things really tickle. God is not an emotional being even though he has emotions. So it's not like we're tickling his emotions. God seeks to hear depths, depths in our conversations. Glory to his name. He seeks to hear depths. So in those intimate moments, when we're communicating with God, we're not just communicating sweet nothings, but we elevate our conversations and our discourse to focusing on three things our shared values, our shared inheritance, and our shared responsibilities. Glory to God. When, when we engage God, what should form, you know, the dominant thought process in our conversation is how we're thinking and talking about those values that we both hold there. Those, those uh, inheritance that has now become intricately ours. And the responsibilities that, that he has placed in our hands that we've placed on him. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
And you know, in this in this our talk, we are doing one, we are doing something very important. We are elevating our conversation such that we are able to know who God is. We are trying to find out who He is to us. We are also trying to find out who we are to God. Or who we are in God, first and foremost, and who we are to God. Amen. So let me go over that again. We're understanding who he is, what he is to us, who we are in God or in Christ, and what we are to him. Do you know that what we are to him too is important? And we shouldn't make light of it. Amen. You should never ever make light of what we are to God. Amen. Do you know that Revelations 4 verse 11 says something? And it is very, very sacrosanct. You know, it says, that song, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou art created all things and for thy pleasure they are I were created he says we were created to give God pleasure do you honor and value that that God says that you are the one that gives him pleasure that's who you are to him the one who gives God pleasure. Glory to God. He says, he created all things for his pleasure. Do you value it? Do you honor it? Do you respect it? Do you consider it a big deal? That God says, yes, stones can praise me. Everything can praise me. But when I'm looking for that depth of pleasure, it comes only from those who are like me, you and me. It comes from the saints. And we need to value it. We need to honor it. We need to respect it. Glory to God. And honestly, all of these things about intimacy, the way to deepen it, the way to achieve it, is by focusing on truly, truly worshiping the Father. Amen. And I want us to tabernacle a little bit here and just examine it a little bit. In John chapter 4 and in verse 23 and 24, the Bible says, And the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. He says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hmm. Let's examine that a little bit. He says, the hour cometh and now is that true worshipers must worship the Father. Is significant. You see, when anytime you see a use of God's word in scripture, you know that God is not, a, is not frivolous with his use of words. When, when, because you see, God in writing that scripture could have said, the hour cometh and now is 
when the true worshippers will worship God in spirit and in truth. But he did not say we'll worship God in spirit and in truth. He says we'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because in, in discussing about the topic of uh, New Testament worship, worshiping the Father is key. Glory to God. Worship the Father, worshiping the Father is key. He says in John chapter 4 and verse 23, he says, the hour cometh and now is that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, the word and is not presupposing that uh, the hour is coming when you must worship God and then worship him in spirit and then worship in truth. That's not what he's saying. That joining word is not presupposing that it is in spirit a different entity from being in truth. This is what I mean. That word and is the word K, K-I-I. And what does K-I-I mean? Also known as. Am I right? Are we together? Also known as. So what God is saying, the hour comes, or it has come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit, which is also known as worshipping in truth. Glory to God. Yes, there, is there a sense in saying to worship in truth means to worship based on God's word. It's quite accurate. There's nothing unscriptural about that. But if you want to look at it contextually, in the light of what the, the, the scriptures was teaching in John chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, when he says to worship the Father in spirit, that is in truth. That is what he was saying. What it means is that to worship the Father truly is to worship in the spirit. Glory to God. That means true worship is worship in the spirit. Glory to God. And he says to worship the Father. To worship the Father. Amen. It also means that true worship, New Testament worship, is the worship between sons and the Father. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so an unbeliever can sing all high-sounding words, all sweet, melodious words. According to John 4, verse 23 and 24, he cannot be doing New Testament worship if he's not a son. Because God has to be your father in order for you to be able to worship in the New Testament. Glory to God. You can praise. Anyone can praise. But New Testament worship is the conversation and intercourse between sons and fathers. The son and the father. You are a son and God is your father. So if God is not your father, you cannot be said to be worshiping God. <laughs> Glory to his name. Glory to God. Worship in the spirit is true worship. That's what John 4 verse 23 and verse 24 is saying. Amen. It says God is spirit and they that must worship him must worship him in spirit, which is the truth. Glory to God. And you know, interestingly, this was corroborated, you know, in, uh, in John, I mean in Philippians chapter 3 and in verse 3. It says we are the circumcision. Amen. Amen. We worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus 
and we have no confidence in the flesh. In the flesh. Why is it that he started that conversation by talking about us being the circumcision? What's the process that makes you the circumcision? The process that makes you the circumcision is the fact that you become born again. What is saying that the worship of, of, of the born again believer must be <laughs> one in which you rejoice in Christ Jesus and you have no confidence in the flesh. Glory to his name. It's critical. It's critical. You know, I want to, that's why I say value what you are to God. God says that it is not worship to me if it's not coming from a spirit that carries my spirit. That's what God is saying. God is saying the mere fact that you have the Holy Ghost residing on your inside that has changed who you are and, and the entire makeup of your inside is what makes this worship even acceptable to me. The fact that you're a believer in and of itself is already worship to the Father. And don't minimize it. The fact that you're a believer means he looks at you and God is saying, Ooh, man, how the Bible says God rejoices over us with singing. He looks at you and is rejoicing over you. And he's saying, my God, this is one of me. This is someone that carries my very essence. This is someone that carries my very nature. The very effulgence of me is, is expressed in this person. Glory to God. God is saying, look, you are the ones that give me pleasure. You give me pleasure. I look at you and I'm just glad. There's something tickling on my inside. You know how you just, sometimes you are speechless. You are, you're, you, you, you're, you're short of words. You look, at, you look at your child and you're just happy. You're just, you understand what I'm saying? You just, there'll just be a sweetness on your inside. Glory to his name. I'm talking about that. The, the Lord God just looks at you and he says, you, you know you're the one that can bring me worship. Unbelievers can give you uh, praise, and the Bible supports it. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything that has breath can praise. But worship comes, I'm not talking about Old Testament worship. New Testament worship is worship from the heart of someone who carries the Holy Ghost. And that's you and me. <laughs> Glory to God. It comes from the heart of a believer. That's what makes it New Testament worship. Amen. 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 You know, he says, you know, if he says to worship truly is to worship what? In the spirit. Shebi? To worship in the spirit means to worship truly. is true worship. So doesn't that, it won't, isn't it logical then for you to say, if to worship in the spirit is true worship, shouldn't I know what true worship therefore means? Shouldn't I have an understanding of what worship in the spirit means? If to worship in the spirit is true worship, glory to God. So what does it, be, what does it mean to be in the spirit? Can we quickly look at that? Can we go to Romans chapter 8? Romans the 8th chapter. That will tell you what it means to be in the spirit. <laughs> glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's see verse 9. In fact, let's start from verse 8. It says, so then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you see that? 
It says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That means as long as you are in the flesh, no matter what that person does, there's a pleasing of God that you cannot achieve. Now, he now goes, he now says in verse verse, uh, 9, he says, but you are not in the flesh. Somebody say, I am not in the flesh. But you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. Somebody say, oh, yes. I'm in the spirit. It says, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Wow. It says, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, is none of his. Can you see that? It says you are in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in you. Are you in the spirit? Are you in the spirit? Are you born again? The spirit of God dwells in you, doesn't he? So that makes you born again. So when... You see how that ties up with, with Philippians 3.3? 3? We are the circumcision. We worship God in the Spirit because you are in the Spirit. You rejoice in Christ Jesus and you have no confidence in the flesh. Wow. You are the circumcision. Embros, Ethra, Sikaragata, Pagutus, Mablo, Ferate, Ekukasara, Mama Musto, Prahala, Trietra, Mandro, Terto, Pegaloki, O Pragalika, Dukasaga, Krubidishuba, Faramionda, Prahaha. For I seek to have sons worship me. I seek them who carry my essence, my glory, my power, and my beauty to pour out encomiums unto me. To say that which we mutually share and that which we mutually agree that binds us as our values and as our inheritance. That they may pour out words, words of honor and praise. Speaking forth about how the Father and the Son can continue to have intricate relationships that is full of depth. One that is indestructible. One that cannot be vanquished by what the enemy or the world does. So in these times when you dwell with me and you dwell in my secret place, I long to show you what it means to be sons. I long to show you what it means to be a father to you, that you might enjoy a rapport and inheritance and a celebration of that which binds us and you can walk more in the fullness of that authority and glory that are placed on your inside. So the more you come to me, the more we share in our conversations and in our interaction, the more you realize who you are and you become sons and you are able to bring many more to become sons. Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to his name. Hallelujah to God. The Bible says, having the Holy Ghost, having the Holy Ghost is being in the Spirit. Wow. Selah. Pause and ponder. So don't undermine who you are. Amen. Amen. Don't undermine it. It says, we all as lively stones are built up into a spiritual house. What is the purpose? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God, even as by Christ Jesus. It says, we are the ones that form that house where worship can arise unto the Father. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Don't make light of it. Glory to his name. The Father desires that you do so. In fact, Galatians, Galatians presupposes 
that we are in the Spirit. So in case you are not sure whether or not you are in the Spirit, I want you to be sure of it. Galatians chapter 5 and in verse 25, you know, unequivocally says so. Because it says that if you live in the Spirit, you should therefore walk in the Spirit. So it is like he has concluded that you live in the Spirit. He says, if you live in the Spirit, then you should walk in the Spirit. That means he has already confirmed that you live in the Spirit. So if you are in the Spirit, then live out your being in the Spirit by walking in the Spirit. Walking in the consciousness of who you are in Christ. Glory to his name. Walking in the consciousness of it. When we're talking about walking in the consciousness of it, we're saying that you walk in the consciousness of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and walking in the consciousness of the fact that we are in Christ. Glory to God. Glory to his name. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3. There's a background to what Apostle Paul was sharing there. He says, we are the circumcision. He says, we worship God in uh, the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, is our word and there again. It is, we worship God in the spirit and is K. So worship God in the spirit means to rejoice in Christ Jesus. It also means to have no confidence in the flesh. Glory to God. To worship God, you know, to worship him in the spirit means that you rejoice in the reality of what Christ has done for you. You rejoice in the reality that you have been made one with him. To rejoice in your shared inheritance. You rejoice in your shared values. We rejoice in our shared responsibilities. Glory to God. Worship in God in the spirit is rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Worshiping God in the spirit is having no confidence in the flesh. When you don't have confidence in the flesh, what it means is that you have confidence in the spirit. Glory to God. So instead of, quote unquote, speaking sweet nothings, like uh, Arabaribiti, Arabata, sorry. Arabaribiti, Arabata is not seen. You can say it, but elevate your conversation beyond that. Arabaribiti, Arabata, about what? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Arabaribiti, Arabata, about what? Okay, about what? If you are saying about your shared values and your shared inheritance in Christ, it makes it deeper. It gives it depth. Is someone hearing what I'm saying? I am not knocking it. By all means, say it. Because even in those deep relationships we have with our wives, we still say those sweet nothings. Abi, we still say it. Glory to God. But let the conversation become deeper. Let it have depth. Glory to God. Say things that, that express what we share together in Christ. Glory to his name. Glory to God. When you are talking about in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him. The head of all principalities and powers. So you are saying God... 
Oh my God, the fullness of eternity, the fullness of all deities in you. And we are complete in you. Woo! Glory to God. What depth that would bring to your worship and your praise. Hallelujah. It says in him we have redemption. Even the remission of sins. Of course, it says forgiveness of sins. But we know from scripture that he doesn't just forgive. He remits it. He blots it out completely. When you're worshiping him, you're saying, we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And that is what you celebrate. Glory to God. You see, there's no way in this relationship that you're trying to build, where you're trying to build intimacy, where you will not become thankful of the things that you have in that relationship. The things that has become your reality in the relationship. In this relationship with God, there are certain things that have become our reality. A reality that only we, the saints, have. That unbelievers do not have. How many of you know that God is good to all? God pours his rain on the just and the unjust. God is a blesser of everybody, irrespective of who you are. And so, God has no qualms in giving you a car and giving an unbeliever a car. He has no qualms in blessing an unbeliever with a job and blessing you with a job and giving you money and blessing an unbeliever with money. God has no qualms in healing the body of an unbeliever and healing the body of a believer. But there are some things that an unbeliever can never say belongs to him. There are some things an unbeliever can never say is his. The unbeliever can never say in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and I am complete in him. The unbeliever can never say that. The unbeliever can never say that indeed that, uh, that, that I have been washed, that I have been delivered from the power of darkness. The unbeliever cannot say that. But you can. Glory to God. You can. You can. You can. There are things that we have in Christ that an unbeliever can never lay hold on. Can never lay claim to. And so when an unbeliever comes to you and is trying to bugai you. Let me use the word bugai you by whatever he has. There are things you have that, that is worth much more than what he has. Glory to God. And you need to celebrate. There is nothing that makes you less qualified for that role there's nothing that makes you less qualified to do those things that god wants you to do there's nothing about you that puts you as a disadvantage or at, an, at a disadvantage in respect of what you need to to have done glory to god those are the realities that we have in christ those are the things that we celebrate in our conversations glory to god glory to his name and in this attempt to deepen our relationship with the Father, we must do some basic things. Glory to God. We must, you know, I told you there's something about being intentional about it. You have to be intentional about it. We must prioritize God for deeper connection by regularly creating opportunities for intimacy to be cultivated. Glory to God. So, you see, some of all these things we're talking about are things that you don't, you don't learn or you, that, you, that comes to you on the go. You must set out time. Glory to his name. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 36 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. Glory to God. Mark 1 and verse 35. 
It says in the morning, a great while before day, that Jesus departed and he went to a solitary place. And it says there he prayed. Huh. It was significant that he was sharing this example. Mark 1.35, it says some profound things. He said in the morning, do you fellowship with your father in the morning? There was a reason why it was, it was captured like that. It says, in the morning. Then he now said, a great while before day. Ha <laughs> ha, wow. A great while before day. This was Jesus, our lifetime example. He says, a great while before day. He says, he departed. That means you have to get out of the distraction. Get out of a circle of the things that will clog your mind. And he says, there he went into a solitary place, a place where there will be no distractions whatsoever. And he said, he prayed. Glory to God. This thing about quiet time, eh? you know, it's becoming like a Steve is old-fashioned Christianity. It's not, oh, is someone hearing what I'm saying? Oh, how I long for those days, my God. I told you, I, I've been telling people I've been lamenting in Nokota. You know, I said, I just wish those university days could come back in this, as in days of time to worship, time to fellowship. I miss alumni center. Hey. I miss the sports field. I miss all those tech road, all those places we used to do tongue strolls. We used to just wake up in the morning. There's a place in Belo Hall called the Dome. There's a place there you just people we just come there. In fact, when we see ourselves worshiping in the morning, everybody knows that we don't come. You know? worship in psalms in hymns and spiritual songs you're just loving the father and communicating some some depths and you are getting into depths of relationship in those times of intimate moments with god glory to his name this lagos this lagos this lagos mm, with what the buru, 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 buru. sometimes you wish i was living in the lorry <laughs> where i can do 30 minutes and get to work or even less you know so still be able to wake up you know, at a reasonable time and still be able to do stuff. I'm talking about feeding our relationship. Glory to God. Making up our minds to, to consciously cultivate that depth. Glory to his name. So you must set out that time. You must prioritize him. If you say he's first, then make him first. If you say he's first, make him first. Glory to God. Let's not make him the last thing. Let's not make him the last person. Let, you know... Make him first. Prioritize him. My son, he says, give attention to my word. He says, incline that ears unto my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He says, for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. He says, my son, give attention. Give me attention. God is saying, give me attention. Give God attention. Glory to God. Give him attention. Give him attention. Glory to his name. Then you create that time, that opportunity to develop intimacy. But you should maintain it all day long too. Glory to God. And the scriptures are awash. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Glory to his name. You know, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, I will that men lift up holy hands, praying without wrath and without doubting. 
It desires that you, that, you, that you pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always. Can you pray always? Can you pray always? I was jokingly saying, so when I'm doing a presentation in my, my office to a client, and I say, Mandropa Shokarakalaba, then I'll continue. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. You know, prayer is dialogue. Prayer is you talking and you hearing God talk to you. So if you're not talking, at least you can be listening. That's prayer. That's what it means to pray always. So there's never a time you're not in tune with God. You maintain acquaintance with Him. Maintain acquaintance with the Spirit. Always connected to God. Ever connected to the Father. God has made it easy by, us giving us, by Him giving us the Holy Ghost. By whom we can speak to Him all times. He says, you know, praying in the Spirit. He says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue. Speaking unto men, but unto God, how be it, He speaks mysteries. He says, when we maintain that connection, we're talking to God. Glory to His name. As I round up. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, and in verse 17, 18, and 19, when he's telling us to sing to him in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you know, you can take all of these shared values and say them and make them into psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So, in your time, you can, you can just take a for instance, let's take off. Let's take authority. Let's take the subject of authority. I'm talking about a sound. You can just say, Otre supre vagaromoto paracate, sulugravara baracata vasikaravadava soto. Yes, the authority of Christ. The one that he won by conquest, the one that he got by inheritance. That which he has also transferred and given to them that are called by his name. Authority that comes in the name of Jesus. Authority that is high above all. That is higher than every name that is named. Higher than sickness. Higher than disease. Higher than infirmity. Higher than any dominion and higher than any power. Authority that we exercise by the name that name, the name of Jesus. Authority that is beyond this earth, beyond the world that is to come. Authority that stands true irrespective of the dispensation or the generation. The authority in the name of Jesus. And we will arise in that authority, exercising that authority and winning battles and winning victories by that authority because we have authority in the name of Jesus. See, that's a sound. On the spot of the moment, you elevate your conversations to those kind of dimensions. Oh, the Holy Ghost, the greater one that lives on our inside, the one that has been sent to indwell us, the one that lives in us, that changed our being and made us intricately like the Father, the one that connected us to God, never to be separated from Him, the one that rises big in us, finds expression in our words, finds expression in our thoughts, and does great and mighty things through our hands. Oh, how the Holy Ghost is set to turn the 
world around and turn it right side up as we step out and allow the Holy Ghost to do that which he will do through us then will he do great and mighty things through us for he's waiting to see us act and he confirm it with signs and wonders following glory to God imagine you saying that in your time of fellowship with the Father can we stand and just do that this morning and just talk about our shared values our shared inheritance think about what first Colossians chapter 1 all of those things he says and recount them to you can we start by praying in other tongues speaking in tongues you can sing to him in other tongues too, you know. In this love relationship with the Father, our hearts and our souls will produce acts of love which have an immense apostolic influence on the world around us and the multitude of souls because of what we share with God in the secret place. Yes, we will enter the depths. We will stop drinking at the shore. We will get into the depths of the water. We will drink. We will drink and get drunk. 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 Pebble, pebra, sukkah. Be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms. Speaking yourselves in hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Sometimes you just go. understands what you just said because it is something coming from the spirit of a believer unto the father father we bless your name lord we give you glory thank you father for there's grace released upon this house for people to enter into depths depths in their walk with god where the Lord in that journey, as it takes people by the hand, can usher them into green pastures and still waters and let them embrace the glories that lie ahead for each and every one of us. Father, we bless your name. For this is a mighty, powerful, and triumphant church. Entering into the harvest, doing the bidding of the Father, and winning victories upon victories upon victories because we get our energy from being in the presence of the Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah.